0: Go to shopify.com slash lineup now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash lineup. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Lineup with Dave Prodan. I'm Dave Prodan, and this is a re-air episode of a conversation we had with Tyler Wright, Tatiana Westenweb, and Caroline Marks way back in May of 2020, on the topic of the women's championship tour returning to Chopu in Tahiti. In the coming weeks, the world's best women surfers will be returning to competition at Chopu for the first time in over 15 years for the outer known Tahiti Pro. We'll be back next week with fresh lineup episodes, but for now, please enjoy this conversation with Tyler Wright, Tatiana Weston-Webb, and Caroline Marks. The good old clap, take one. That's right.
1: How many of you knew what you wanted to be when you were seven years old? I did. I wanted to be a world champion. Hey, is there honesty involved in this podcast? Can we be honest?
0: We can shut your fucking lips. And then I'll just say, put them up once.
1: He's like, you look
0: too pretty on the wave. Get ugly. We can talk about DMT if you want. Means
1: <laughs> I thought you were boxing.
0: All right, so we have a global council of excellence today with Tatiana Weston Webb, Carolyn Marks, and Tyler Wright joining the lineup for a very special low tide edition. Surreal times. This is the first time we've done uh, more than a two-person one, so we'll see how this goes. We brought the A team in for it. But um, yeah, I mean, maybe we'll just start with how everyone's doing today. And since we're all in different locations, we'll start with the latest time zone. So Carolyn, how are you doing today? What have you been up to?
2: Uh good. I just went for a surf this morning and then been really good at napping lately. So uh it's my new hobby. But uh how's everyone else doing?
0: <laughs> yeah, Toddy, you'd be next.
3: Um I've been great. Thanks for asking. Um I've just been doing like physical therapy with the Olympic committee every day. Like every day in the morning. So it's been good. And then after that I usually eat a lot, so <laughs>
0: And Miss Wright, you just woke up. That's why I went in that order, because I give you some time yeah, to prepare I yourself. Yeah, I just woke up
1: five minutes ago. But I've been good. I've been good. I've been reading, and that's about it.
0: Oh, well, good. <laughs> Well, yeah. today's topic, we're going to keep focused on on a singular subject, and that's going to be the subject of waves of consequence and particularly uh, envisioning a world maybe in the future where the women return to competing at Chopu. So I may start out with just kind of the waves of consequence component. What is the heaviest session you've ever had? Tati? I'll, I'll start with you.
3: Um, I want to say the heaviest session I ever had was probably at Sunset Beach, in if we're talking about waves of consequence, um, it was actually during a junior final. Um, I remember literally nothing but being underwater like the entirety <laughs> because the waves were huge. And um, honestly, I was just really poorly positioned and there was like a lot of sand in the channel. So like all of the waves were clo- closing out. So that was probably one of the worst sessions that I've got beat up at. And... Yeah. I, I've never really like loved sunset since then.
0: <laughs> well, I was going to ask you like, how you felt about it after. Did you feel alive? Did you feel dead? Did you want more of, of that kind of feeling or or never again? But it sounds like as far as sunset's concerned, you you just were not interested in ever again.
3: Yeah. It's definitely more of like that. I was not into the whole situation sort of deal. Like the waves are bad and um, I was probably like in last place. <laughs> losing the heat. So, uh, yeah, it's just like, I don't have fond memories at sunset. Well, actually I do have some really good memories at sunset, but that was like, eh, not the best of times. But, um, I mean, regarding like any other waves, there's been plenty of gnarly moments where I've like, I like this last time I was at Chopu, I like hit my head on the reef and my back and I had a wetsuit on and like it ripped holes in my entire wetsuit and I thought I was gonna have like a huge gash in my head but luckily it was just like scratches um but yeah there's just been like so many times where I've hit the reef and just gotten smoked but I guess it's just because I have like a go for it mentality
0: (laughs) well we'll get to the chopu stuff in a bit Tyler do you have any kind of sessions or any waves in particular in terms of you know, really, really heavy moments and and where you were a bit scared and and where was that if you remember and how did you feel about it after?
1: I think it's it's weird. I think just reflecting on it now, there's obviously been a couple at Cloudbreak, but I always felt given the circumstances at the time, there was multiple jet skis in the lineup. So that obviously helps. Um, There's two other spots that came to mind. It was actually while I was competing there was, a, I think it was Maui last year, where it was the amount of time that you spent underwater and getting because of the direction of the swell. Um, I remember a couple of times just being driven so far down where all your body just you've got nothing left, um, and that happened like a couple times during heats. So that was kind of, I don't know if it's scary or not, but definitely. Um, questionable whether I still wanted to be out there once that you know having 20 more minutes to go and then the other time would be in Brazil um, maybe 2016 it was started out one foot in the morning and then by the afternoon it was 10 foot and yeah like I remember always asking whoever was in the heat Hey, are you okay? Like I just got flogged. Like I'm cooked right now. I've I've got nothing left in my arms. I've got nothing left. And then another one comes through. So I think they're two of the sessions where it's just like repeater, like just constant, you're underwater. Um, it feels like you're underwater more than you are on top and, uh, you don't know when it's kind of going to end. So I think they're two of the sessions that kind of come to mind. And then you know, there's free surfs, but you can come, you can get out of the water. Like you can go sit in the channel. <laughs> you don't have to perform.
0: Well, that I was going to bring that up because it's interesting that both of your examples were competitive examples, because as you said, when in a free surf, you can just you're on your own time. You can be like, I'm I'm not going out or I'm just going to get out. And I mean, I remember the search event in Chile at Eureka in particular. That was another one where it was huge. The whole event really a tiny amount of the guys were even surfing until they got forced to go out for their heats. And then they just didn't want anything to do with it. Even that final, um, the year that John won in France, same thing. There's no one surfing anywhere else on the beach, but because of the competitive thing, you know, they're like, well, this is our job. We're going to go out there. Carolyn, how about you? Do you have any, any competitive moments that were really, really heavy or even sort of outside? I know you've been You've been to Chopu. You've had some amazing stuff come out of there. But any sort of real heavy sessions that stand out in your mind?
2: Um, for me, I I'd say when I was fourteen at Cloudbreak, it was actually I went there with uh, Lakey and Mike just like the week before the women started, and um, I was just going over there and surfing. Cloudbreak Cloudbreak's always wave. I always wanted to surf, and I remember it was like a building swell, and it started like kind of doubling up and getting like really thick and scary. And it started off super fun, and then it kind of got like. I remember it's like this wave, like this wave just like hit me and it was like a double up and I just got held under for so long and I I then I got spun around underneath so long that I, I came up and didn't know which way it was like forward or backwards and I was like that's it I'm I'm out of here and um, I actually remember Tati you were out that session too you were charging and uh, Mike I was already on the boat and Mike thought that I was you and you got like four waves on the head and he's like oh no our dad's gonna kill me because he thought I was you and um, you got completely smashed but um, but yeah, then, then again, like I was kind of like, all right, I'm out of here. Like, you know, I was 14. It was my first session in like really, really solid waves as well as building. And I was just getting super worked. But, um, another session that stuck out is actually a quarter of final heat with Steph, um, in Portugal. And I piled out early and I remember this wave broke in my head. It was like a freak freak set. And, um, the waves weren't that big, the final day, but they were definitely chunky. And yeah, Europe has a lot of power and stuff. And, I remember I just got held under for so, so long. It was right before a heat too. And I was just like pretty rattled before I piled out. And so it's just, it's pretty crazy. It makes you realize like how powerful the ocean is. And it's definitely one place that's super humbling, no matter who you are and how long you can hold your breath for. So I'd say those two moments stick out. And obviously Chopu, um, I went there a couple of months ago and it's a super humbling wave. And it's, you know, really perfect and incredible, but also, you know, really sketchy and, um, there's the reef and it's such a powerful wave. So yeah, I'd say those two moments kind of stick out in my mind.
0: <laughs> what, what's scarier about these situations? This is for anybody. Is it, is it the fear of hitting the bottom, whether it's a sandbar or the reef, or is it the fear of drowning? Because I think you guys have kind of communicated different scenarios and maybe you just have different opinions, but really anyone take that one.
2: Um, Yeah. well, for me, I think obviously nobody, like you don't really want to hit the reef, but for me, it's more like I guess, more of like the drowning factor or or like hitting my face on the reef because those, mm. those two things are like, you know, pretty kind of freak you out. I guess hitting yourself on the reef is pretty sketchy. I don't know. I feel like both is not really fun, but I don't know. What do you guys think?
3: <laughs> I don't know. I think for me, I get really, really scared um, hitting my head on the reef because then it can knock you out underwater and that's not a situation because then both will happen. You'll hit the reef and drown <laughs> probably which is the worst case scenario. But um, honestly, I get really scared with um, two-wave hold downs. I don't know if any of you have gotten close to a two-wave hold down, but I've had one two-wave hold down in my entire life. And it was like the scariest thing I've ever experienced. Like I I remember just like literally turning around and paddling. in, and, and it wasn't even a big day. It was just like a high interval swell. And it just happened. And like out of nowhere, I, I was fighting for my life and – um, that's probably for me like the sketchiest situation is having a two-way hold down for sure mm.
0: what about you tyler
3: both aren't ideal i <laughs> think either way you go
0: i promise the conversation um, but, gets more positive after this
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think it's look it's i i think the the really cool thing that you drew, drew attention to there dave was the the competition versus three surf like mm. um I think that's a really interesting thing to look at and in the sense of yeah there's definitely surfs that we go out and like within the first three minutes you'll get a huge hold down and then you've got 27 minutes to go to not only bounce back physically but mentally and then also compete and perform. Yeah and then you know reef breaks and you know hitting the bottom anytime kind of sucks hitting your head i'm really conscious of that and also um slapping i don't know if you guys have had like where you're on a wave and you just slap your head so hard that it yeah. rattles you and i think i'm yeah as you get older you're super aware of like what really hurts and takes I an impact car. and yeah <laughs> so yeah so I well, I know
0: Tati, great. Tati, you and Carolyn mentioned going to Chopu. Tyler, I think you've been there. Can you answer that? And if you can, can you break down what your your first experience was out in the lineup there?
1: Yeah, I I went um, maybe 2014. Um, Ripco sent me on a trip with Owen um, and I think one of the Grums as well. And we it was yeah it was a last minute thing chasing a swell and. I think that was the point where I'd just done P-Pass in maybe January and this is or the year before mm-hmm. or something. And so they were like – and it was I had a general interest in chasing bigger waves because I knew it was something that, yeah, I'm a, can be a bit of a psycho at times. But, um, yeah, look, I'll be honest, that wave scares scares me. I I saw it – the first time I saw it, I think it was probably eight, between 8 and 12 foot, Um And it scares me. It's the one wave that I'm actually petrified of. I just – I can understand why, like, when the comp's on and it's huge, you get the guys that want to go and would surf it, and then you get the guys that just surf it in the heat because of the consequences of falling off as well. Um, It's – there's a couple different factors for me. One, it seems like a bit of a closeout at times to the way it draws off the reef. Like, so when – how the water – moves um I find that super sketchy obviously you catch it and if you fall or if you fall and then you you take the first one and then you get a 12 foot set on the head that's not a super fun time and then when you if you go over the reef as well um which I did like yeah you I I've never felt like being in this much water and flying across the reef. And so, you know, you drop your arm for a second and it, you know, rips, <laughs> rips half your arm off um, and you have tiger claws all through it. Uh, so, yeah, Chopu scares me. It's um, a wave of huge consequences, I guess. I surfed it and it was, yeah, it was, you know, that day it was 8 to 12 foot and now I probably wouldn't do that.
0: Um, <laughs> I mean, I've that sounds d- like a radical introduction to this spot. Pierre Toasty <laughs> took me out there when it was like, I don't know, probably by your standards, two to three feet. Yeah. <laughs> and I had the same thing. Like, I think I had kind of this weird cognitive dissonance because it was dark and then like a three foot West set came up and I'm probably imagining it's 10 foot and I'm going to die. And it 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 has this weird like aura and and sort of mythology around it because of everything we've seen. You know, Tati, you went there last year during the men's event and it was pumping. What was your, and I know we talked about a little bit how you hit the reef, but what was your general sense of being there, you know, riding the wave, how you felt about it, how you felt comfortably or uncomfortably about it?
3: Well, that wasn't my first time at Chopu. My first time was, I think in 2014 or thirteen. Um, I can't remember right now, but I went with a body glove crew and Anthony Walsh was um there helping me. And it was like the swell that they were filming point break two, and there was like huge toe sets and then like paddle waves in between. And I was out when it was building, not when they were um doing the stunts for point break two, but I just remember like this is what Tyler said, just like watching the ocean fold over itself and like you know, it's just like the most insane thing you've ever seen in your life. I think it's just, it's like a seventh wonder, you know, like you're, you're watching it happen and like all the ocean is like displaced and you're just like, what the heck? It's, it's incredible and frightful at the same time. So, um, that was my first time there. And I actually, got super licked. Like I paddled for all the wrong waves. I got sucked over. I would duck dive sets. I got sucked over duck diving sets. And I did like airdrops where I broke my board and got lagooned and, um, basically just got my butt handed to me, (laughs) but I still loved every moment of it. Um, but like Ty said, like when you're young, you kind of don't have like a sense of danger. And then when you get older, you're like, oh my gosh, what was I doing? So coming back um, this last year to Chopu, you know, I asked Jesse, I was like, Jesse, are you comfortable with me coming to Chopu and kind of like trying to pick off some waves from the guys? And Jesse was like, of course, like, are you kidding me? That'd be so fun. So then we made a trip of it and even his brother came and his brother pushes me a lot as well. So um, it was just like, I mean, I forget if you were there or not, Dave, but the entire week was like the most magical week I've ever witnessed in Tahiti in my life. There was like not a drop of wind. Like it was basically when the comp wasn't running, it was like four to five every day, perfect West swell, like easy barrels. And it was magic for me. Like I was like telling all the guys, like, this is what the girls need, because this is like friendly chopes, like super perfect fun like if that week we had both events running, like the girls would have gotten the best waves they've ever got because it was just that perfect, you know, and obviously being there amongst the men um the first day after trials was the biggest day that I surfed it, and um is crazy because the the men were so supportive, I was so incredibly humbled because I thought the men would be a little bit annoyed with me, but they were so happy. And Ty Owen was like one of the guys that just were, was like, man, go Todd, you go. Like if I'm in the place, like go. And so I was like, Oh, thanks Owen. Like it was just so nice. And having that kind of like backing and support from the guys, like I would be like hooted on from like almost all the guys in the lineup to go on the waves And it wasn't just like guys competing. It was like Matahi and, um, you know, all the cameramen and all the people that work at WSL. So it was like, a really humbling experience because I definitely thought that I was going to be like a little pest, you know? And uh,
0: I was going to say, you said all the people at WSL, the, I'm sure all those guys uh, would rather have the top 17 pulling into barrels than like some salty press person from the, the World Surf League. So it's way better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys make rates way higher than ours anyway. Now Carolyn, <laughs> you, you, you mentioned you went there a few months ago and scored and that edit is just awesome. Was that your first time going to Chopes?
2: Uh, Thanks. Yeah, it was. Um, Thankfully, the whole week I was there was like pretty, pretty fun size. I actually think every single day I was there, it was actually like a perfect first time to Chopu, you know? It never got like too crazy, scary, big, but it was also enough to like, obviously, there were sets some days. um, You know, my very first session in Tahiti was at Chopu, which is definitely really intimidating. You're just jump off the ski straight into it. You're kind of like, whoa, okay. Like, you don't even like, you don't even really warm up with turns. you just like straight and like trying to get barreled. So, um, but yeah, luckily it was just really fun the whole time. I actually think the whole week I was there would have been such a great, um, great time for the women. And yeah, it was, it was incredible. I had an incredible time. It was probably one of my favorite places to ever visit. And, um, all the local people were super cool. Actually, everyone, when you pedal, everyone shakes your hand. I think immediately you just feel like, oh, this is so cool. You know, I feel like in California people don't really do that, you know, everyone's <laughs> trying to like take waves and um but there everyone's so cool. Everyone just like shakes your hand and um all the local kids are really cool. I'm and uh yeah, I had a great time. It's definitely a super intimidating, scary wave, but um I think the whole week I was there was like I said, really perfect for the women. and um it's it's pretty incredible. It's yeah, it's a magical place. Like Tati said, I think I probably got a few days like she did. Um, on the guys' late days, it was, it was pretty incredible.
0: Well, I was going to say it's super condition dependent on your experience, right? I've been going to that event every year since 2007. And I mean, some, some years you get that magic and it's like, it's very comfortable and and everyone's having a good time, even as the size cracks up. And then some years it's just really, really nasty looking and really ugly. And even if it's like six foot, people are still getting really hurt because the direction's really, really sharp. and totally and dangerous and um yeah i think that's got a that's got a that's a huge component in that too and you know the women they last competed at chopu in 2006 they actually competed 99 through 2006 um kate scarrett won the first one 99 beat mel redmond car um, and then yes. kiala Kennelly she won three uh, mel redmond car ended up winning the last one chelsea georgeson hedges she won one she was georgeson at the time uh, Lane Beachley and Sofia Milanovich won. Um, those were the, all the, uh, the Tahiti women winners. Did you guys watch those events growing up? Did you follow them in the magazines at all? Um, Ty, I might start with you because the Australians seem to have a stranglehold on that event.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I remember um, Skaz because Skaz I think, was from down south, or she rode um, boards from Burn and the same kind of shaper that we... That shaped our boards as kids, um, and there was some sort of connection there. Um, I can't say specifically that I remember watching those events, but I I remember when they put out the in the magazines. You had the CD with the the break run like the highlight reel. Um, yep. Like I remember being obsessed with Snapper and and Bells and and things like that, and I think it would have been the same thing. Yeah, I, I think the the Australians that you mentioned, I think Chelsea Hedges, as she now is, um, is probably one of the most, I don't know, not talked about world champs um, there is in history. She was so good. And, yeah, goofy footer. And I I just remember, like, yeah, she was one of those humans that would charge and just go for it. And I think that was really... I remember that, and then obviously she had Lane and her dominance through those years as well. Um, and Skaz is goofy footer, loves the left barrel, um, so you know it, it. Yeah, like I can't remember a lot from that time. I'm not gonna lie.
0: <laughs> well, you were four, so that's you know don't worry about it. The yeah. <laughs> the it's funny, right? So on this week's um, vault show on Monday, we did the 2003 event, and we were rewatching it the other day, and it, all the scores are like they're like twos or nines. And the nines Oops. are like barely, like barely kind of getting barreled really compared to like today. And and I think it it speaks really loudly to people being very comfortable over reef and being very comfortable in those conditions. And it, it's night and day when you compare 2003 to 2019 on the men's side, like the, the nines from 2003 wouldn't even be fives in 2019. Yeah. And and the learning curve and people getting comfortable over a reef, and I think the the people that you're talking about, whether it's Mel Redman Carr, or Chelsea, or uh, Kiala Lane, they were already very comfortable surfing over a reef. Um, you know, how do you think adding a venue like that to the women's CT would would change the dynamics of a season? Um, you know, Tati, I might start with you if that's alright.
3: Um, well, I guess first off, I think that. Um, women have evolved so much over these years. It's quite obvious. And um, I'm super proud to be a part of the movement. You know, now we have equal pay and that just represents something more than itself. Um, So I'm, I'm really, I feel really fortunate to be a part of this era. And um, to me, I think it would change a lot to, to be completely blatant. I think it would change a lot of things. I think that having these kind of left-hand barrels on tour is necessary. I think we have an amazing wave. uh, That's a right-hand barrel. It's Honolulu. I haven't yet come out of a backside barrel there. Like that's my goal (laughs) one year. I haven't either, so don't worry about it. Make a backside barrel in in a competition there. Um, So, I mean, I think uh, things like this only make um, us evolve. And I think that, Um, I don't know. I'm super subjective because I love and opinionated because I love getting barreled, especially over reef breaks. Um, but I, I know some girls maybe don't, that's not their favorite thing. But, um, if I was to have an opportunity to compete at a wave like P pass, that was a backhand barrel, super hard, challenging. Um, I would say let's do it because that's just kind of, I don't know, my mentality and um, but that being said, I think it's going to be really cool if we do get Chopo or some other wave of consequence on tour that we can get barreled on the left, especially because I'm goofy. so
0: <laughs> WSLstore.com is powered by Shopify. Well, and Carolyn, I, you know, there's a perspective out there, I think, when it comes to waves like Chopu, when it comes to waves like Pipeline and, and that gender balance between men's and women's surfing, you know, there's a perspective out there. It's it's like, well, you know, Chopu is not on tour because the women are scared. And I don't think that's necessarily very fair, but could you respond to that a little bit? Like, how do you feel about that perspective? How do you feel about it, you know, in relation to your colleagues on tour?
2: Um, yeah, well, first off, you know, Tati made a great point. The women, you know, it's pretty obvious how much you know, the women have have evolved a lot. And um, for me going to Chopu is kind of like, you know, obviously I heard it was going to be in the 2024 Olympics. And I just feel like if, um, if there's talk about Chopu being on the tour, or like a wave of consequence on the tour, I feel like, you know, myself and as well as the rest of the tour will like go there and practice. And um, I think, you know, I think a lot of women would like kind of on the tour would like surprise themselves if they went to Chopu or if we got put out a pipeline or heavy waves like that, you know, and Um, obviously they're super heavy, intimidating ways, but I think that's the direction our sport's heading in. And, um, I kind of say, bring it on, like, you know, like I said, if, if, um, if there's talk about it being, you know, an event being at Chopu, I bet like all the tour would go there and try to practice and, you know, get better at it. And then by the time the event comes around, I think it'd be an incredible contest. And, um, yeah, so I'd say, I'd say bring it on. I think it's pretty exciting. And I definitely think that's the direction the sport's heading in, you know, so, um, yeah, I think the girls would actually crush it, you know, especially on the right, you know, the right days with the right context director director and, um, you know, having enough days in the waiting period. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about the idea for sure. You know, obviously I'm goofy foot and I'm, I'm a little bit biased. I want to go left for sure. Um, but I do think it is, um, it is a good move. And I think that a lot of the women would actually crush it and maybe surprise themselves, you know, and, um, I think we'd kind of surprise the world a little bit too. Like, whoa, they're actually, you know, getting totally barreled and, and crushing it. And um, there's actually so many days too that are rippable and and also with barrels. So um, I think Chopu is known as such a wave of like terrifying, scary barrels, which it is totally terrifying. Like I'm terrified of it too, but um, it's such a perfect, incredible wave. And it's so much fun. And I, like I said, I think it's, I think it's a great move and I think that's the direction our sport's heading in. So I'd I'd say bring it on. <laughs>
0: I don't think I don't think it's a bad thing to be scared at a CT venue, and I don't <laughs> no, think it's actually I don't not. think it's like I don't think it's gender specific. I've been on plenty of surfer threads over the years, even last year when the conditions were idyllic, and there are plenty of worried decks coming through the night before saying we should call it off, we should call it off, we should call it off. Like that happens, you know, and I think it's it's all part of the drive and the uh, the competition there. But on the topic of fear, we're going to rewind the clock to. One of the most amazing heats ever at Chopo, the 2014 final between Gabriel Medina and Kelly Slater for this week's edition of The Rear View, sponsored by BF Goodrich Tires. BF Goodrich is celebrating 150 years in 2020. And for all our listeners that use social media, which is probably all of them, if you want to wish BF Goodrich a happy 150th anniversary, you can tag at BF Goodrich Tires and use the hashtag. BFG and WSL happy 150 to BF Goodrich and thank you for supporting these conversations all right this is the billabong pro tahiti final and we're off this is gabriel medina first wave of the final oh, and this is actually i went and looked this up this was actually a heat restart they went 10 minutes and they were too they pushed each other too deep on one and then right after the restart gabriel got this wave, which uh which i think set him up for the heat I'm interested to hear everyone's opinion on how important getting the first wave is when you guys compete. You know, Carolyn, I'll start with you. Is that is that something that you you don't have to give away state secrets, I guess. But is that something <laughs> that you generally try to do when you are surfing against these uh, the world's best surfers?
2: Um, I think it's it's awesome to get the first wave, uh, but you definitely don't want to just like take a bad wave just to ride the first wave, you know. But it is always nice to you know start off with that first good score, and it kind of just gives you that confidence, and um, just get your feet in the wax. And so, yeah, I definitely like to kind of ride a lot of waves, when I'm in my heat in general. So, um, I personally, if you can start off with the first best wave, it's definitely ideal for sure.
0: And this wave came in at a seven, nine for Gabrielle. And as I was saying that vault episode from 2003 on that scale, that would have been like, I don't know, like a 42 out of 10 comparatively, like that wave (laughs) is was nuts. And like, it's just really radical to see how far everyone's come in surfing in such a short period of time.
3: How buttery were the conditions,
0: huh? Oh, it was It was perfect. Jeez. But as you said, like it, it does look like a closeout. You know, I think what Tyler was saying before, like, you know, even on those really big days, like when you're just staring at it, you kind of look down the down the, down the the end of the reef and it just folds over. And you're like, "What? I would die like if I'd even try to get that wave. But you kind of just have to, I, I would imagine you kind of just have to find that little fold at the start and get in and get out before it closes out. Tyler, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, like I, I don't feel like I have enough experience there to really make a comment. I only surfed it when it was, quite big and <laughs> yeah, as I said, it's it just a closeout. And, um, you know, I think I can see why when it's going to be big and the, the guys are sending through going, um, should we call it off? Like what a, you know, it is, it's a scary kind of wave. Um, but, yeah, I don't have enough experience there to really make a comment. And,
0: you got to get but, on one of those, those nice like six to eight foot like Clean. You get to go hang out with Carolyn mm-hmm. or Tati. It sounds like they're on the program.
1: I know. Oh, it sounds like they well, really nailed it, and I, <laughs> I definitely got towed into a bit of a closeout by Owen and Rip Curl. And well, I was going to, like I that. was
0: going to say that your brother dragged you out there, so that's a red flag <laughs> oh, for me already.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. And the really good thing, like Tati did touch on something that I think should really be highlighted. Um, it's highlighted through um, both of my brothers, and and Mikey is. Probably I've done, a, you know, more recently done a few sessions with him and I think he's always like, oh, look at this thing, it's nuts. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> but, Jeez. like, the support that you do get in the lineup when it is kind of bigger, you are one of the few girls out there. Um, I know in the session that I did at Jopu Ian Walsh and a couple of the Hawaiian guys were there and Owen really kind of took us through it and was like, look, if you turn for any set they will let you go. Mm. If they do not, they will be looked at like a cook um, because they are, because you're out there and what you're trying to do is, yeah, is, you know, you're the only girl, you're the only one that's trying to be out here right now and catching these waves. So I think that's really like in all the big sessions that I've done, um, there's been a bunch of guys there that going, you've got this, put yourself here, put yourself here, um Mikey's incredible at it and yeah.
0: Now Tati, this approach that Gabrielle has with the double arm stall, you're you're on your forehand as well. Is that something that you've experienced out there on your trip so far? Like like on you know, on your forehand you have so much speed and it's such a, a quick barrel that you really have to like essentially just stall and grab as much wall as you can before you just to maximize the barrel. Is that is that something that you've you've had to work with?
3: Well, this last trip to Chopu, I there was so many days in a row where it was like by the end of it, I was almost studying the best guy's techniques, and every single guy that was front side up there was doing the double hand drag mm. and I was like, "How do you do this?" <laughs> like <laughs> my arm is breaking off <laughs> like I would try to like stick both my arms in the wave and they just like wouldn't enter <laughs> and I was like, I just I definitely like am studying techniques I know that the double arm drag is something a front sider needs to do out here if they want to stay in the barrel for longer I just literally couldn't get my arms in the wave (laughs) I just I think I need a little bit more practice but it's really necessary for front siders if they want to like you know maximize that tube time and um yeah like I said by the end of it it was just something I was I was like Getting into like the specifics of like getting barrel at Chopu, you know, and and I know you guys were touching on um how it looks like a closeout. Um, I mean, I've been there enough to know that uh, when it's a really west wave, <laughs> people that are actually up the point for the better south ones, like the first wave Gabriel got in this heat, um, and this one, like Kelly, you know, it's like an easy drop, those are the south ones, you know, the easy drop ones. That you can kind of pump from the beginning and then get that long barrel. That's the south um, direction one. And those are the easier ones, actually. But because I I was like there with the men, I was actually like not wanting to get like the best waves. I just wanted to get like the leftover kind of uh, waves. <laughs> and so a lot of those waves would be west waves and the West Bowl and those are the really intimidating waves. And Ty, like, I know what you mean when it's like, when it's like the, the perfect Southwest wave at Chopes, like there's sometimes not even like an exit on them. And somehow the guys managed to do an amazing job. I can remember off the bat right now that Adriano had a wave last year that he literally barely kicked out of the back because it was such a West one that like, it was just almost closing out on the reef. And mm. Yeah. Like choosing those waves at Chopu is seriously all knowledge and you have to choose the right one. Wow.
0: Look at this. Gabrielle again. He, I remember he was riding like a particularly, like a really thick board. Like it was almost three inches thick. Um, and, and the comment, um, about him at this event this year was he was just getting in so much earlier than everyone else. Um, and being able to come in and like set his line like in a, in a better way. And I, I think it was something like he, he just had nines pretty much from the quarters onward and never fell. And everyone else was kind of falling and he just kind of physically was able to get in there.
2: Yeah, I think um, obviously I'm not like a whatever. I like I've, I've only gotten barreled a few times, but I feel like at Chopu, you don't really need that big of a board, like that long of a board. You know, it's such a steep hollow wave. But I think. Having enough foam and, you know, like I said, having a board that paddles really well is super important because positioning out there is huge. I think it's almost, it's actually almost everything sometimes on a wave. It's the difference between making it or not making it or, um, you know, you can just be like a, a foot away and it's like that's the big difference, you know. So I think having a good paddle board is is really important for sure.
0: What about fin setups? Like between like quads or sometimes like people run quads out there quite a lot, and some people just stick to thrusters. Tyler, what's your opinion? Just in general, with like hollow waveboards, do you do you stick to your thruster? Do you like to switch it up and have a quad? And and if so, what's the difference for you?
1: I I wouldn't say I'm experienced enough with the quad. I've generally just had thrusters. Um, I think it's probably I'm probably entering into the the stage of my career where I, dabbling in things like that is probably what's next. Mm. I think I've started to um I've only, yeah, recently started writing boards from Hawaii from Paizel, mm. And I think his approach on boards is really interesting. That's why part of one of the draws that I was drawn to, um, because uh, you know, his experience in big waves and, and his approach with those boards I find really interesting. Um but Finn's setups I've never dabbled further than a thruster or.
0: I don't feel like anyone else dabbled on it. Like Kelly used yeah. it at pipe one time, and then all of a sudden the next event ever had quads, and they're like, yeah, no, I, you know, this is how it works. But it's like, someone <laughs> there always needs to be like, you know, the canary in the coal mine out there to see if they die or not. And they're like, how oh, yeah. do I do that? And Tyler, I know that we, we talked a little bit to Tati and Carolyn on the front side approach, but are there any surfers, um, men or women, on their backhand that you study? you know, backhand barrel riding technique from specifically?
1: I think obviously, um, at Chopu, you, you know, you can't really go past John or Kelly. Mm. Um, they're probably the highlights. Um, I've always found Owen's comments interesting when it comes to, you know, he's a goofy footer and then the natural versus goofy footer approach out there and which one who has the actual advantage I've always thought, from memory, I haven't had a recent conversation with him about it, but it was always on your backside. You can probably go later, mm. um, you can knife and, and kind of swoop up, and then on the front side, you fully have to extend on your toes. I think there's a pretty cool shot of Owen from last year where he's he's what six four fully extended, toes just gripping, and then he like pulling up and in. You know, I think that's an Also a super interesting conversation or, but yeah, I think both come with their, um, difficulties and stuff like that. But, um, I definitely on the natural footer side. Yeah. John Kelly, who else? I think Andy, Andy was incredible. I think you obviously can't look past Andy either. So. I
3: think Jamie O'Brien is a really good reference too. Mm.
0: Yep. He's a bigger, both of those are bigger guys too. I mean, I remember, It was Andy's last year, so it was 2010, and it wasn't even a very big event that year. It was pretty small. It was kind of like head high, a little bit overhead on the last day, and we had a bunch of days that were lay days, um, almost kind of unsurfable, and then the afternoon before we finished, um, a few of the judges and myself went out there because there was no one out there, and it was small, and then the swell started filling, and then a bunch of the surfers came out, like all of them, like, you know, Mick, Kelly, everyone started coming out, and they're all so good. You know, you kind of move down the reef, and they're just really, really good, And then Andy came out and Andy was just like even another level past all the best guys. Even though it was small, like his comfort with that wave on his backhand was just so impressive. Like it it was, he just had this way of reading it. He was just deeper and steeper than everyone else, even when it was small, you know, and even when it was probably just kind of a playful session, it was really, really impressive. It was Gabrielle again.
3: Gabe's so good at selling people on waves, hey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: I, mean, I mean and this was a huge huge moment right because he had just he'd just taken the yellow jersey he hadn't won a world title yet like it's 2014 so Kelly he won in 2011 he finished runner up in 2012 and 2013 like he is still very very much in the title hunt I think he was ranked 6th heading into this event this was a real statement performance from Gabrielle really kind of taking it to Kelly in ways like this I
1: agree yeah, he's, look, he's a pretty amazing out there. <laughs>
0: yeah. he, he, I'll put it this way: he was one of the guys on the WhatsApp thread that wasn't complaining last year. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. If I could do that, I wouldn't complain either.
3: I yeah. have to say something about last year because there were there, the finals day last year was huge, and like literally, there was like an electricity in the air the day before finals day. Where the guys were, like, freaking out. Well, how's Mm -hmm. this one? So I was, like, staying with, obviously, my fiancé and boyfriend at the time. And he was, like, really scared. And so was William Cardozo. And so was even Vitor, Jesse's younger brother, I was, like, already, like, well, I'm out tomorrow. Like, I'm not surfing. <laughs> I'll just show up <laughs> good and luck. watch. You know, like, good luck. I'll be with you in the channel with, like, moral support. <laughs> but it was insane. Like, the, the electricity going through the air just because they knew that the next day would be such a big swell. Like, everyone was like, oh, how big do you think it'll be? What board are you going to ride? Like, there wasn't, like, this silence among everyone. It was, like, mm. everyone was, like, confiding in one another, like, asking, like, what are you guys going to do? Like, <laughs> So it was pretty it, it's pretty incredible.
0: Sometimes there's just nowhere for that energy to go. You know, you know, it's coming, you know, there's nowhere to go and you're just trying to get it out in a big way. Carolyn, have you ever experienced that? Like the day before a big event, even if the waves weren't big, even if the pressure was there, if you're just like, oh, I just, I just need to get this energy out. Otherwise I'm going to be a wreck all night.
2: I mean, every event there's like definitely an anticipation, you know, for sure. You're definitely like, you're really excited. Like those nerves, you know, like don't really ever go away. I'd say probably Honolulu last year for me was definitely super, uh, there's definitely like a lot of pressure built up and like a lot of, I don't know, I just wanted to like serve a heat so bad. I was like, I don't really want to wait another day. I just want to like surf. And, you know, it was like flat the whole week before too, they ran the final day. So I think I was just really curious um, of how the waves were going to be and what board I was going to ride. And um, it's pretty interesting when you're you're like, I, you know, I was surfing Ironwinds every day on like a little shortboard and Um, but the swell, you know, the ways I was going to be competing for the world title and we're going to be like a lot bigger and I was going to be on a completely different board. So that way it was nuts. Um, (laughs) I just think like, I don't know. I just think for me, it's more about like, just kind of trying to be in the moment and living in the moment and, um, not trying to get too far ahead of myself, but yeah, I don't know. I'd probably say Honolulu for me had the most like built up. There was so much talk about the Olympics and the world title and, um, you know, I don't know, but it was just it was like exciting nerves. That's what it's all about. That's what makes it really exciting. But I'd say that definitely had the most nerves and excitement around it. That was probably like one of the biggest events of my life. So, yeah, I'd say Honolulu last year for sure sticks out in my mind for sure.
0: He's a replay of Gabrielle's, You know, something That's that gets psycho. discussed <laughs> a lot like at this event at this wave is it's not it's not that complicated a wave in terms of what you have to do, you know? Like you have to line it up obviously, but it's a real fundamentals-based wave of like, you have to find your entry point, you have to set your entry speed, you have to make your drop, you've got to set your line, and that's kind of it. You know, you're not necessarily timing sections, you're not doing turns, you're not trying to set up combinations, and it is it is a unique wave in that sense, because it's still very, very difficult. You know, Toddy, it, was that kind of your experience out there as well, in terms of at the end of the day, it is it is kind of a fundamentals-based wave?
3: It's so true, honestly. Um Caroline mentioned being in the spot is everything. And I could not agree more. Um, Obviously after being in the spot, the second best thing is execution on your drop. And um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but on that wave too, Gabriel was on his tippy toes and barely like pulled under the lip. And uh, (laughs) it's just like this single most scary feeling when you're like free falling through the air, you're like, oh geez, I hope I made this. (laughs) And um, once you do, it's pretty rewarding because well, obviously you have to make the wave after that. But I mean, I think if you're well-positioned and you make the drop, then it's kind of just like you have to stay solid on your feet and and make it. And I mean, there's nothing better than even just getting the vision for me. Um, So it's pretty incredible. But that wave is so challenging to be well-positioned and to know which wave is the wave you want to go for. And um, I think it's just... Uh, it's it's so like you said, Dave, it's so simple yet so complicated at the same time. So um yeah, there's Tati, definitely Did you yes. find
2: um I found or like Tati and Tyler, you guys both have been there. I, I found like sometimes when you're out there, like it's just the ocean's like mellow and then all of a sudden like sets come and like the whole ocean moves and you're just like scrambling. Like it's not there's no really like signs of, you know, it depends on the swell direction, but um, I feel like if it's like a west swell or something it kind of just comes out of nowhere and you're just like, "Oh my god." Like, you feel well, like you're taking off into the reef.
3: <laughs> honestly, Caroline, I remember the both ways because first off, I went there first when it was like no one was around. Oh, actually, the first few days no one was around and then everyone showed up for the point break thing, but like the same thing like the ocean would just start moving and there's no one around, no noise. And I would be freaking out. And normally, like when I was younger, I would like try to go for like the bad ones. And Anthony would be like, what are you doing? Don't go in that wave. You're going to die. And I'd be like, <laughs> wow, how's this wave? Oh, ouch.
2: It also like swell directions. So I feel like every five degrees, it, it's so, it changes so much, you know, it does. like sometimes I think the last day I was there, it was a lot more South and, and it was just so much fun. Like you can just take off and just go straight into the barrel yeah. and even do some turns. And it was, you know, a lot, yeah. it was like actually an easy takeoff, you know?
3: Well, yeah. Um, so the South ones are like always the ones that are like, for sure. The those most, those are most, so fun. The long ones, you know, but the West ones, like this one had a lot of West in it. The one that Kelly just got, you see how so it like hollow. really yeah. just folded over itself. And, and it had that like kind of, the little, it turns back towards you. So see how it's like turning towards him at the end. So this is like the one you want, like, cause it's so thick and so West, but yeah, perfect direction. And, it's scary, but it's the one, you know, and the south ones obviously are, are like the clean perfect ones. Yeah,
2: more playful for sure. But, yeah.
0: But yeah, Kelly's but, look but, Kelly's look totally makeable. I don't know what the problem was there.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> no, yeah that way, but one I mean,
2: was freaking psycho. It, Honestly, sometimes you're out
0: there and crazy. you get the combo swell. You get the south 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 sets and the west sets and like I go out there when it's like three foot. If a three foot West set comes in, I'm just like, that's a closeout. I'm not going like it that's looks like a closeout <laughs> from where you're taking off. You're just like, I can see where it's going to close out on the reef. And then someone will go and they're like, oh, I got a great barrel. And I'm like, I just it's it's a it's a psychological thing, I think, in a big way. And I think that's something that, you know, it's really like only you get comfortable with with experience in a lot of ways, you know, and that it feels like kind of the two waves that people talk about a lot it's Chopu and Pipeline and it feels like Chopu just based on talking to people whether they're men or women they feel like they have a better opportunity to get experience out there and to get practice out there as opposed to pipe where you know it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter your gender or whatever like practicing out of pipe is a nightmare when it's breaking Tyler yeah. I, I think you have had experience at both spots how do you feel about that perspective
1: yeah I think I think looking at Eddie at both those waves I would Agree. I've been out pipe a couple of times and yeah, it's hard work. It's hard work for the boys to get waves and it's hard work for anyone to get waves, especially in that time of year. I think if you go out there and you're really well supported, I think you can sometimes sneak a couple.
0: What do you mean? Um, What do you mean well supported?
1: Just, you know, if you go out there and for me, I've been really lucky that I, I go out Waves of consequence and I generally have either Mikey or Owen there. Mm. And they've always kind of yeah, pushed us to to go the bigger ones. And their theories on big waves as well. Um people I don't know if ever like I've talked about that much, but their theories have always been, Tyler, you go the biggest set, like anywhere. Like you go the biggest one because it's the safest one. And <laughs> I I never quite so got that, are- <laughs> but in any of the bigger sessions that I've done, like, yeah, that's, it's just what it is. It's just what they taught me. And it's just kind of the theory that I go off. I don't, I don't always like it, uh, (laughs) but it's, it is kind of what it is, but definitely I think I've only been to Chopu once and I think looking back now, I like, it was, yeah, it wasn't really that playful kind of thing. It was those high consequences. Um, I definitely didn't have the boards. I was riding Owen's boards. I broke his boards. But I would say the opportunity to actually get practice there uh, in Tahiti and Chopu, I think, is a lot higher than at Pipe. Um, I think, you know, before talking about the girls potentially in the future having an event there or the Olympics running there, I think our chances of improving there are a lot higher, I think, if we did go back to an event there, you know, I feel like like all the girls will be charging, absolutely doing their best. But in reality, if if it is six to eight foot or bigger than, you know, bigger than that kind of four or five foot range, it, it's a different level. Mm. Um, I think the approach and the way it could potentially be communicated is it's definitely more exploratory than performance for the first year or so i think there's a having that classification will be important uh purely mm. because you have 18 women and depending on people's flexibilities is whether they can get there to practice or not True. um and then you know obviously we're talking ideally it's it's four foot it's fun it's playful you get south you get west it's it's dangerous but it's not um you know, it's not that eight to twelve foot range where it is that next level. Um, it is that next level of skill set. Um, I think there's a kind of grade of like in any kind of apprenticeship thing, like you got your first years, you got your second years, third, fourth, and then you've got your you know, your fully licensed people mm. um and tradesmen. So I guess like the way I kind of look at it is that we'd all as a collective group of women be going there as first years. Um, And with that comes the understanding that performance, uh, you might have your, you know, Tati and your Carolines, but in a general sense, we've never competed there. We've never been in the lineup without the guys there going, this is the spot, these are the lineups. Even surfing it on an incoming swell and knowing the reef enough to, to kind of be able to navigate that solely off your own instincts. I think that's a different level again. But yeah, like that would be my comments to having a women's event there would be that as a collective, I think experiencing it, free surfing is one thing and it's super important to do that Uh, in a heat. It's obviously a different thing, but yeah, yeah, that would be my sort of, I don't know how I got onto this, but comments. I I actually
0: think it's a really good point. I think it actually talks to a little bit what we were talking about before with the vault episode, which I think now that I remember is 2005, Mm. but just the level of comfort that collectively the men had out there between when they started surfing out there for competition till recently. And yeah, I remember distinctly, there were a couple of heats where, you know, it was actually pretty small, like it was four feet, you know, this was years and years ago. And the guys were in the wrong spot. They just weren't comfortable out there. And I remember our president, Wayne Bartholomew, was on the broadcast calling it a disgrace. But the mm. reality is, if you don't have the experience out there, and you don't know where to sit and you're not comfortable. It is one of those things that's going to take a few years. And you know, the guys that were in that heat came back years and years later and got pretty good out there. And it's just sort mm. of a, it's an experience thing, but you have to kind of start somewhere. T- Toddy, what do you, what do you see about Tyler's thought there?
3: I 100% agree with Tyler. I think what the point she made is so true. And then to back your point, I think it needs to start somewhere. And that being said, I think the level of women surfing nowadays is ready for that pushing over the edge. Kind of like a little, here you go. Let's go, you know, a little <laughs> boost. Um, so I think uh, I 100% respect Tyler's opinion and agree with it because Topu is a hard wave and it's nothing, n- nothing close to easy, nothing close to safe. Um, it's far from safe and it's far from easy. <laughs> so that being said, um, what she said about getting there and getting the practice and learning the lineup and being able to, to pick out the perfect waves in the lineup when it is a heat, it's all something you learn um, with time. And I think we're completely capable of it. Um, I think in two to three to four years, uh, when the Olympics do come around for, for Chopu, uh, for France that, uh, I think our level will even have gone up from there, you know? So, um, that's what I hope. (laughs) And, um, regarding pipe, honestly, that wave is a beast in itself. Um, just the amount of people that surf there makes it dangerous and, um, I have to say, like, I've surfed Pipeline uh, really when I was younger, and I actually didn't get a lot of support from the men there. Hey, I'm busy. Sorry. (laughs) You guys, I'm doing a podcast. I can't talk. Sorry, my cousin. For real, be quiet.
0: (laughs) Good timing. We're talking about support from men, so that was, like, perfectly timed.
3: (laughs) Uh, Sorry, guys.
0: (laughs) No, you're good. You're good.
3: Yeah, they're annoying, sorry. Um, anyways, um, yeah, so that being said, pipeline is a whole beast in itself, and I didn't receive tons of support from the men when I was out there um at a young age, and that was kind of hard for me. Um, like I was told by a boogie boarder, like, don't waste the wave, and I was like, But you're on a boogie board. <laughs> like- <laughs> so there's that tipping point where sooner or later the men at pipe too are gonna have to learn to, you know be in place
0: with the woman. I thought, I thought when Tyler was talking about support earlier, it was like, you know, do you have a Volcom sticker on your board in like 2003 or like a Wolfpack sticker? <laughs> <I'm> probably <laughs> all about it. Well, yeah.
2: Like but, it. <laughs> but
0: you know, you know yeah. another thing that both of you guys are talking about too, is it, I remember when the women came back and started competing at sunset beach and, and competing in kind of sizier conditions. It had been a few years of just really small waves kind of on both tours in a big way. But it was one of those generational things because the women in the seventies and eighties sunset and surfing bigger waves in Hawaii, that was kind of their thing. Like that was the, that was the standard by which the world's best um, surfers were measured. And then it went away and it it took like a little bit of while for, for the collective to get comfortable being back out there. I remember the first year we did it, like people just didn't want to go out. They didn't, they didn't feel comfortable out there because, it was a muscle that the world's best surfers hadn't exercised for a while. And Carolyn, I'm interested to hear your thoughts because you're coming in kind of at the tip of the spear on this next generation. And it it feels like you're pretty game for anything in terms of, in terms of waves of consequence or, or or really anything that that the tour throws at you.
2: Yeah, I do have to say, I totally agree with what Tyler's saying and, and Tatiana, they came up with really, really great points and, um, it is a lot different when you're out there in a the heat and you're just with one other girl, and you know that there's different swell directions, and you know like I only went there for one week and got like perfect perfect ways, super fun size, like you know I had like Michelle Perez and Jeremy Flores and Mike Parsons like telling me where to sit and helping me out a bunch and yeah, <laughs> got a good little crew uh but um i like I said again though, I do think like that's the direction the sport's heading in, and um, I just think like why not, why not start now? And I think, um, you know, all the women are like, I don't know, like all the women are just pushing themselves so much in barrel riding and like, even, even surfing the wave pool. Like I know a lot of, um uh, even myself, like I couldn't even really get barreled going right. And I didn't really have that technique down because I never been to a wave that had a right barrel. Um, but then once I like practiced it and did it, I think, you know, all the girls, Tatiana is one of them, like such a, you know, we're getting totally barreled on the right, you know, backside barrel riding. And um, so, yeah, I uh, I think they both came up with really good points. I think it's super important to um, have the right contest director, director and enough days. And, you know, like Tyler said, it's it's super fun, and then it goes to, like, that next level. So I think that's – I think we are going to have days that we're going to be super terrified, and um, that's just the way it is, though, and I think that's what we're going to get pushed in, and um, we're kind of just going to have to deal with it. So – but, yeah, I think those are two really, really – great points that she brought up. And I think I'm really glad you said that you, you, you nailed that Tyler. And I totally agree with you. <laughs> um, but I do think it's such a fun way, and I think it's, it's pretty incredible. And I think there's so many fun days for the girls that would crush it. And yeah, it's, it's Tahiti pretty incredible. So yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, there's kind of, um, like two perspectives as, as they pertain to balancing gender performance in surfing, and surfing. And those generally include a physicality component and an experience component, and what we're talking about is the experience component. you know, based on what we're watching here as this as this uh, rear view counts down here in terms of the physicality component in terms of the 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 fitness of the women on tour, how do you guys feel about the collective handling Tahiti, not necessarily at this size, but just really any size and being able to get in early enough, being able to set themselves up for the barrel?
3: I think everyone on tour has got a rockin bod. <laughs> so to speak I don't know I think we all train really hard to do what we love so I think we're all equipped with our bodies
1: I think um one of the issues we might face is that the we might have an emphasis on boards um
0: Mm.
1: purely because if you put me probably now I, I might weigh 65 kilos my paddle I, there's not enough information or stats on how I paddle and, and the the time difference in, say, zero to three seconds um, and the, the amount of distance I cover. Um, you, you put me, mm. um, I'm probably average size for a woman surfer, as in, like, height and weight, and then you put someone, say, in the guys, like Mikey, who's probably, I don't know, 6'0", and then you obviously have Adriano, at, like, to the shorter guys, and then you obviously got Owen, who's six foot four. And I think it'll be interesting to see what the distance that they cover between zero and three seconds and the distance that we cover between zero and three seconds. I I know over, say, 100 metres, they're probably covered an extra 40 metres to 50 metres, even more, um, especially when you get to people like, owen and geordie and stuff like that so i think when it comes to the physicality and not just the experience i think the physicality side is it'll come down to we simply probably can't paddle as quick um at certain times i think that will draw a bigger emphasis on perhaps like a gabby style board where it's it is three inches it is we're on boats and we'll physically we'll need two things there we'll We'll need to know how to ride it, but we'll also need to have the quads and the legs to be able to 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 go and slide in to knife it um, or whatever. Either way, I think that will be an interesting thing. I'm not saying that we we won't be able to do that. I think it will be an interesting challenge, purely because you know you got guys weighing eighty five kilos. Um, and I know in previous years I've used my, I probably, before I got sick, I weighed probably closer to 75 kilos and I used every bit of that weight to go down the face when I needed to, to throw myself mm. over an edge. I find there's a big difference with the weight I am at now. I have to rely a lot more on, uh, timing and precision of my paddling skills than I did before. Um, but that, I think that will be interesting. I a hundred percent think that, it'll evolve and um, it'd be just an interesting thing probably to look at.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's an amazing insight. I mean, I, that was one of the things I was going to comment on before um, on both the men and women's sizes. You guys were talking about, you know, kind of someone like your brother, Owen, who won the event last year being of a certain body type, like he's taller and he's rangier and he he's, he's a little bit leaner. And you compare him to someone that's maybe a little more nuggety on tour, like, like Adriano is shorter and more compact and the, the quick twitch muscles would, would vary between mm. them, you know, and it's, I think again, it's it, it so much happens in sport in general, but certainly in surfing over the course of 10 years, where everyone's starting to look at their body type and they're looking at their positioning and they're looking at their boards and they're figuring out how to maximize their position, regardless of the, of the, uh, of the wave. I mean, I I think last year I was with Nikki Van Dyke and she said something about entry speed and I'd never heard it before in my life. And I was like, oh, that's what's wrong. I've been paddling too fast or too slow. This is great. But I just think the way that everyone is like thinking about, thinking about their surfing and thinking about their bodies and thinking about their equipments, the the learning curve gets so much sharper for you able to adapt to it in in a really, really cool way. Um, The Paris 2024 games have provisionally, approved surfing as an Olympic sport and have also provisionally approved Chopu in French Polynesia as the official venue. So Carolyn and Tati, you've both qualified for the 2020 games for uh, the USA and Brazil, respectively, presuming those games still happen. And Tyler, you were coming back from injury last year, but there's no reason why you wouldn't potentially be on team Australia in 2024. So knowing that you will all likely be performing at Chopu on the Olympic stage within the next four years. How important is it to all of you to have a championship tour event, send the world's best surfers there before then? I'll start with Karen.
2: <laughs> Put me on the spot, huh? Uh, no. <laughs> That's right. Um, I just think it's, I think it's even like more important, you know, for us to go there and practice and get really comfortable there and figure out our boards. You know, for me, I ride Matt Biolis' boards, and I'm super used to riding drivers, you know, surfing lowers every day, and um, a bunch of ways on the tour fit, you know, drivers. But I was playing around with some different models over there, one called the Sabotage, and it had a lot of foam up front and um, just, like, a really, really good paddle board. where a board like that, I would never really ride at lowers, you know? So for me, it's, like, I'm like, okay, like, if they're going to have an event at Chopu in the next year or two on the tour and obviously the Olympics in 2024 – um, I'm going to try to go there as much as possible, A, because, you know, I love getting barreled and it's Tahiti's like absolutely magical, but I definitely want to be comfortable out there by the time I put the jersey on and I want to like, you know, know where to sit on a lot of different swell directions, surf it to the point where I'm like really terrified, like where it's a lot bigger and I'm like, Whoa, okay. Like it's the real deal to, to, you know, and then you you have a bunch of days that are four to six feet that are super fun. And so, yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's definitely in our future having an, an event there and. Like I said, for me, I just want to go there on every swell and as much as possible. And I just want to, like, you know, get barreled and kind of, yeah, be most comfortable as I can and go there with Mike and figure out the lineup. And yeah, but I definitely think it's like going to happen sooner or later having an event there. And that's super exciting to me for sure.
0: Well, based on your experience there last time, you got to bring us all with you next time. (laughs) Yeah, good thing I have like
2: the best forecaster guy in the world, Mike Parsons. Otherwise, I'd be clueless. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: And if, if you could if you wouldn't mind having Michelle call me in the way. I'd yeah, be that really was nice. super
2: cool. Michelle and Jeremy, um, and a, a bunch of the uh, local kids there too were um, Callie Vass too. He was in, I know he was in the event last year. There was he was pushing his little sister too. There's was Vihine Ferreira too, she was out there and that was cool to have another girl. I actually saw Joanne Defay as well, which was super cool. So
0: Lineup alumni, love yeah, um,
2: so uh, yeah, it was cool to have like all those everyone there like pushing me and then if I saw them get a good wave, i was like, all right, I want a better one now. Like, you know, so, um, yeah. That's
0: awesome. Tati, what about you? CT before the Olympics out at Chopu, Yay or nay?
3: Um, for me, I think it's a yay. Um, I've been fighting to get more lefts on tour and Chopu is a left. <laughs> so I will be really happy as a goofy footer surfing. I think it's six waves on tour that are right handers. Uh, this past five years it's been super awesome I love rights actually I've been missing rights because all the swells here have been like really good left so I've been I love rights that's not a problem for me but I just think that um, the equal lefts and rights on tour would be such a huge difference maker for me I think um, I would just feel Really good about myself if there's as many lefts <laughs> as there are uh, rights. So um, uh, but that being said, Chopu is a completely different beast. And um uh, I think it's one of the most beautiful places in the world, slash most frightening waves in the world. Um, it's just great for viewership. And um that being said, they have provisionally chosen that spot for the 2024 Olympics. And I think it's really important to get as much practice out there as possible. What Caroline said, I actually regret not going much more in the past to Chopu because I kind of even forgot like how close it was because the first time I went, I flew from LA. And so that was like a 12 hour flight, but from Hawaii, it's actually like five hours. It's so close. And (laughs) it's really accessible from here. And, um, I was like, dang it, I can't believe I went all those years without going back. But um, definitely think that it's time for uh, a little bit of a change. And I think uh, us women are ready to push ourselves. And um, I'm really excited.
0: All right, good one. And Champ closes out, <laughs> yay or nay on Choker like, yeah, like- on the CT.
1: <laughs> like, I think it would be um, a great opportunity for the women surfing in general I think it will really it'll cro- provide a couple different opportunities I think and I think that's where we're at today in general and I you know I'm obviously probably not as like gun ho as I was like like st- jump straight in like whatever who cares if I get smashed anymore I think <laughs> I just I don't have that anymore but I'm all for Going out getting the experiencing, experiencing Chopu or for, you know, having, yeah, I don't know, I'm for it. So I just think personally, I'm a bit more reserved than what I um, would have been at a younger age. But definitely having the women out there, I think it's going to create a lot of different opportunities and potentially even create specialists. Um, I'd love to see a Chopu specialist. You know, I feel like Chopu in the men's side has Chopu specialist, and I'd love to see, um, you know, Taddy and Caroline become those specialists out at Chopu where it gets to the point that they're so good that if they don't win, um, something has completely gone wrong. And I think that's like like an Owen or a Gabby or, you know, I, I always think those two because they're probably highlighted for me uh, throughout my career of watching them. But, you know, I think I'd be pretty sick to see Taddy and Caroline on the women's side be Chopu specialists and then everyone behind that go all right that's the that's the gold standard um and we will put in the time put in the practice and and not just at Chopu but also at other waves of you know cloud break and I have no idea what lefts are because I don't really. I've, lefts has never really been a big issue to me. <laughs> so if the two was half left, so I would two. be like two
0: two lefts, and you're like that's yeah, enough. like I'm one or
1: talk. two. I'm like yeah, that's fine. But if it was like half <laughs> left, I'm like I'm screwed. <laughs> um, <That's, laughs> but essentially, this
0: is an abomination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. But well, before we go, we're gonna try the uh, the three person lightning round. So I'm not sure how we're gonna do this. These are ten questions. Um, you're going to answer as fast as you can. I think the way we'll do it is I'll ask the question and we'll go youngest to wisest. So we'll go Carolyn Tatu. <laughs> I don't know if
2: I get that. I'm going. done. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh,
0: shoot. <laughs> okay. So, first question. First question for the Council of Excellence If you could only have one board set up for the rest of your life, single fin, twin fin, thruster, quad, bonds or finless, what um, would you have?
2: Twin fin. Just joking. Thruster, thruster. I
0: already screwed up. Tati?
3: Thruster.
2: <laughs> yeah, thruster.
0: Coffee or tea, Carolyn.
2: Uh tea. Coffee. Tea.
0: Burrito or pizza? Pizza. Hands
2: down. Pizza. Pizza.
0: <laughs> Last book you read.
2: Uh shoot. Well, I'm still in high school, so I'm I uh
3: I'm still just trying to finish that. <laughs>
0: Scarlet Letter, that's a high school one. Like
3: I'm reading a book called Mindfulness right now. I don't know who the author is.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm reading uh, White Tears, Brown Scars.
0: Best surf film ever.
2: Uh, Kelly Slater, Black and White.
3: Um, Scratching the Surface? Not really. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I watch a lot of surf movies.
1: I think John's movie. Um, I think Blue Moon. Full Moon? Oh,
3: that one.
1: I'm not quite sure. Blue it's something Moon. A view, a view from a Moon. View from yep. a Moon or something Moon. But I'm with Ty. I think I just know. the cinematography of that movie is pretty incredible. And it has really nice music and you can just put it on and chill out.
0: Yeah, surfing's all right too.
2: Yeah, surfing's pretty <laughs> average.
0: One wave you never have to go back to.
2: <laughs> Shoot. Um, I don't really know the answer. Like... Uh, i'm pretty stoked on like really bad waves too
0: (laughs) so i can't answer that question i
2: just i'm pretty stoked on like good waves and bad waves and i'm just yeah what was what
1: was the question
0: one wave you never have to go back to toddy you're come
2: on you have
1: to have an answer
2: (laughs) i want to say like i I don't want to say i mean just go ahead, Tati. It's your turn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that means you have one. You just don't want to say it. That's you have fine. one. Here you no, there. I don't. Go on, Tati.
3: I don't. <laughs> this is super hard. Oh, Manly.
0: That <laughs> <laughs> wasn't but that hard. is not Manly's, that hard
3: at all. Manly's pretty fun,
2: though. Like, I don't know, a little wed- wedges kind of. <laughs>
0: I'm we, with Carolyn, we, like when you're young, you'll surf anything. it's awesome, yeah, then I mean, there's I'm a from dip. Florida,
2: like come on, <laughs> yeah,
0: there's a dip, but then when you get older, you have other things you have to do aside from surfing, you're like, I'll surf anything. I'll go in'll go back to Manly. A,
2: <laughs> I swear when Manly gets big, it's like you duck dive the most waves in the history of the world there. Am I wrong, or I swear like it's crazy. I don't know. all
0: right, Tyler, you're up.
1: I think like I never really. Uh, liked Rio or like
2: Sakurima. <laughs> and she's like won there um, like three times and she hates it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just don't like, for me personally, it was, as yeah, it's just a lot of work. And <laughs> yeah, essentially it's just a lot of work. And sometimes I'm just like. Uh, Wait, is that this city um, or
3: in the Uh
1: Probably, I found Rio really like, I don't know if it's just because of how far away it is to get there. And, you know, most of the time we went there and we surfed is pretty tricky. Like it was a long way to go. Like if you're going a long way, you're kind of like, yeah, I want to get six foot barrels or like, Mm -hmm. you know, do some big old hacks. But um, sometimes it could be the conditions would vary so much. um,
0: Well, it sounds like you spent half your event underwater anyway. So
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And also that I think I got came away from 2016 just going, I just can't believe this. I just... Like, I felt like I was so exhausted and gassed that I would be happy never to go back out.
0: All right. We got a few more questions. They get easier than they get harder. If you only get to surf one wave for the rest of your life, Carolyn, which wave is it?
3: Uh, cloud break. Oh, that's such a good one. I have to agree with Caroline. Uh, trestles or...
1: If you can have a loophole and just be like, I live on Namotu like Brisa does, she absolutely has (laughs) nailed this COVID-19 situation. She she won (laughs) COVID-19. She won it. For Um, sure. So if there's a loophole, I would say Namotu Island, and then you can boat, like, if that's a loophole. Otherwise, I think trestles is a pretty perfect... Yeah, for sure. Like, if that was at the back of my house, I would never go anywhere.
0: (laughs) Totally fair. All right, Carolyn, best person to share a lineup with?
2: Uh... Probably just, like, my brothers. I, don't, I know that's, like, more than, I have, like, 80 brothers, but uh, <laughs> I I, uh, I just, like, I don't think there's anything better than just surfing with my
3: brothers. Tati? This is really hard because I have, like, the person, like, the good vibe person, like, for me would be, like, Bethany because she inspires me so much and she charges cool. and, like, everything she does just makes you want to be better. So that's, like, my person It's out of my loop and then in my loop would probably have to be like Jesse of course because he's my fiance and then I also love surfing with my brother because he pushes me a lot sorry that was really very, three.
0: very diplomatic <laughs> Tyler mm.
1: I think like Rutco Girls Trip maybe 2016 me Nikki Alana. actually and pre add in Bethany like obviously Bethany has two kids but you add in those three and like I don't know. You can just sit in the lineup and laugh for hours. And I think that's like Rookcoat Girls trip. I think that was some of the best memories. Doesn't matter where we were. We would, it was just a fun
2: time.
0: All right, we got two more questions. Carolyn, who is the worst person to share a lineup with?
2: <laughs> You're just setting me up for someone not to be stoked on me. These are the same <laughs>
0: questions we ask every week. Uh, so,
2: Man. I don't even know. That's so, that's hard. Name mm. a name, Caroline. <laughs> yeah. I feel like everyone, I definitely have a name in my head, but I just can't share that name. It's just. How about
0: I, initials? I, just let everyone no, guess. No, I
2: can't even.
3: No, it's too obvious. Talk to you, go. I can't do that. Okay, I can, ta- I can say you, but it's actually not you. No, okay. <laughs> Me? <laughs> no, I was just going to say because then no one else would be offended. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I'm no. pretty offended. No, no. no. I like <laughs> yeah. serving with you. You're so fun to serve with. You get so frothed. <laughs> um, I don't know. This is a really hard question, but... Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to. I have a list already I, if you
1: guys don't want to go. No.
0: Yeah, Tyler's got a come few. Tie. So she's ready to go. Uh,
1: maybe we could start with the top 32 men. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. They're pretty damn terrible to surf with. Well, Jordy that you could add. Arms. I'm not going to lie. You can add a couple women in there as well that you just like. <laughs> come on. Like, we're all humans. We're all trying to do the same jobs. Oh. Just
0: stop being.
3: Oh, uh, I love it. Go
0: on, go on, Toddy. It looked like you're inspired.
3: Anyone who's on a longboard at a shortboard wave. Oh. Mm. Can't stand mm-hmm. those people. Yeah, that's fair enough. I'll give you that.
0: That's fair. All right, this is the last one. Carolyn, finish this sentence. I will next achieve a state of happiness by
2: mm. surfing tomorrow. That's so like boring,
0: but it's true. No, <laughs> it's true. perfect. It's <laughs> true. Toddy?
3: Watering my plants. <laughs>
0: Excellent, <laughs> Ty. Uh, I
1: don't know, cross between taking a nap or um, you know, finishing an assignment. I don't know. School reading, or finishing a book. I don't know. I think like finishing a book's pretty, pretty cool.
0: Awesome. Well, Carolyn, Tati, Tyler, thank you so much for joining us on this very special edition of the lineup at Low Tide.
2: Thanks, Dave. Thanks for, Thanks for having us.
0: So that's it. That's the Lineups May 2020 conversation with Tyler Wright, Tatiana Weston-Webb, and Caroline Marks. I hope you enjoyed it. This episode is produced by Henry Beyer with our direction by Jason Penning, copywriting by Dan Willen, and additional support from Miguel Clemente. Thanks to them and thanks to our sponsors. We appreciate their support. I hope you safely get some waves wherever you are, and we will see you next Tuesday.